Hello and thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Monday, May 22nd. Let's jump into the top stories from over the weekend. North Carolina took home the school's first NCAA title in women's tennis yesterday, beating ACC rival NC State, 4-1. It marked the 49th NCAA championship for the Tar Heels and the 36th by a UNC women's team. Sports Illustrated's Pat 40 notes Virginia's men's tennis national championship, its second straight gives the ACC two spring sports national championships. 40 noting, let's re-rack this, 28 D1 NCAA championships won so far in 2022-23. P5 breakdown, Pac-12-8, ACC-7, SEC-5, Big 12-2, Big 10-2. Six schools have won two natties to date, Arkansas, North Carolina, Virginia, Stanford, UCLA, California. The LA Times's Ryan Cartjo with additional reporting around the departure of USC AD Mike Bone. Bone made inappropriate comments about the physical appearance of female colleagues, including remarks about their dress, hair and weight, that staff members said made them feel uncomfortable, according to two USC sources with knowledge of the incidents. They spoke on condition of anonymity fearing retaliation. They said Bond's comments left colleagues, especially women, feeling awkward. Three USC sources said several people confronted Bone about comments they felt were inappropriate, but they continued. The Athletics' Stuart Mandel notes the immediate leadership challenge for USC. Trojans president Carol Folt now faces immense pressure to hire a rock-solid new athletics director, something USC has failed to do in at least 30 years, because the school is embarking on the most consequential athletics moment in its modern history. There's no understanding of the enormity of the school's Big Ten move, one filled with a million logistical challenges and extreme competitive risks. Plenty of schools have changed conferences through the years, but no Power 5 program with national championship aspirations has up and moved to a league headquartered 2,000 miles to the east, hiring the right leader to oversee those efforts will be essential. ESPN's Pete Thamel goes inside baseball on challenges new Big Ten commissioner Tony Petiti is facing as he prioritizes the official completion of the massive television contract worth more than $7 billion negotiated by his predecessor, Kevin Warren. While the short-form agreements were executed prior to Warren exiting, there appear to be some challenges on who knew what and when. Michigan AD Ward Manuel stating, We had not discussed and I had not discussed with anyone in the league to change the tolerances schedules we had agreed upon years ago. Per an industry source, the fault here is with the administrators on campus. How did the athletic directors not know this? The universities all signed off on the deal. Clearly Petiti has the media, scheduling and collaborative expertise to bring all groups together. NBC adds, we're excited to start our Big Ten deal this fall. We had a great relationship with Kevin Warren, and same with Tony Petiti. We're confident that any and all outstanding issues are well on their way to being resolved. The San Jose Mercury News's John Wilner writes on the $50 million Hall former commissioner Larry Scott, took home from the league over the course of his 13-year tenure. Wilner points the finger, let's not blame Scott for the egregious sum collected over the course of 13 years. Instead, fault lies entirely with his bosses, the university presidents. They negotiated his contract, installed him as chief executive of a media company, signed him to multiple extensions, allowed the Pac-12 networks to operate without the proper checks and balances, then handed him that glorious severance package. The presidents have botched this in every meaningful way over the years, from Scott's compensation to the basketball games in China to the Pac-12 network's strategy on down the list. And always, the athletic departments are left paying the price and bearing the burden. 
ESPN's David Hale pens a lengthy Twitter thread summing up the ACC's current status vis-a-vis revenue, and submits there are five options moving forward, 1. Everyone waits until 2036-ish. 2. Notre Dame joins or other expansion. 3. ESPN renegotiates. 4. The league is dissolved. Or, 5. Schools fight the grant of rights in court. Hale goes on to parse why, exactly, the money is so important, and aside from the obvious, he points out the, courts could soon erase the middleman and determine athletes are employees with salaries from schools. That'd be the end for the ACC, which is why Phillips was in DC lobbying Congress to nix employee convo and halt future litigation. That's not likely though. It's more than buying the best players though. Multiple ADs have suggested the perception of a power two could make recruiting outside the SEC slash Big Ten impossible. Phillips acknowledged it's already a concern. With it being unlikely Notre Dame will ever become a full member, Hale reports the ACC has looked at potentially adding Washington, Oregon, West Virginia and SMU, and, from what I'm told the dollars just aren't there. Fighting the GOR in court, Hale concludes, is the only remotely likely outcome, albeit a last resort. In sum, though, Hale contends, the bottom line here is there is zero incentive none, nada, zero, for any ACC schools to make someone else's path to more money easier by leaving for the Big 12 or any other non-SEC, slash Big 10 school. And also, the schools left behind would sue, sue, sue. Thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Monday, May 22nd. We'll see you.